Jim Harbaugh is riding as high as can be after a gigantic win over Alabama, but was that one playoff win enough to cement his decision to make the leap to the NFL? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, like tomorrow when we have special guest Quentin Jammer coming on the show, one of the Chargers greats. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Well, we're going to talk about whether we think Jim Harbaugh is absolutely coming back to the NFL or not. And if he does not, is Dan Quinn a good alternative? And is it time for the Chargers to start thinking about extending left tackle Rashawn Slater? It's up to me. You know where I'm going with that one. But today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Dave, we've talked a lot about Jim Harbaugh, and every single week it seems like there's something coming out about Jim Harbaugh, right? In the Chargers specifically. This oh, week yeah. it's Justina Anderson, who will talk about her report in a little bit with Dan Quinn also being on that list. But They've been linked together this whole time. If the Chargers are going to have serious conversations with him, that's going to have to wait another week as Jim Harbaugh just pulled off probably the biggest collegiate victory of his career, beating Alabama in the playoff. And it was an awesome game. I mean, I think a game that showed you a lot of the reasons why you'd want someone like Jim Harbaugh. But the question is this, because the only thing we care about is him making the leap to the NFL level. So buy or sell, like we always do on Tuesday's biggest Chargers over storylines and overreactions is, Jim Harbaugh is coming to the NFL regardless of the outcome of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think regardless of what happens in you know the national championship game, I think there's really nothing else more for Jim Harbaugh to to do at the college level. I think he, he's done enough. Obviously, it would be a great feather in his cap to be able to ride off into the sunset with the national title and, and go ahead to the to the NFL and hopefully coach the Chargers. But uh, if that you know does not happen, I feel like you know his track record of success I kind kind of speaks for itself. And then the other reason why is the sanctions. I mean the the things that he's gonna have to kind of answer to or not answer to the the kind of things that uh, have kind of been kind of hanging over his head. Yeah. I mean if I'm him, I'm probably not wanting to deal with that. And an easy way to get away from that uh, is to go to the NFL. Yeah, he is going to have a level one sanctions. He, he committed a level Whatever one violation that according to the NCAA, which is all like a made up, you know, government body, anyways. But like, <laughs> right? It's already been reported how frustrated he is with the restrictions that are you know with him in college. And I mean, we've seen him on two national signing days going and interviewing for head coaching jobs, right? So the interest has been there. Like that is yeah. What it comes down to. Do I think it'd be more likely if he could ride off into the sunset with a national championship and say, sure, like this is the pinnacle. I made it to the top. There's nothing left for me to prove here now. Now I'm going back to the NFL level. The bigger thing is if he loses, right, is there the incentive for him to go back? Is there the hunger in him saying, hey, let me run this thing back? Because the other part of it is 
jobs like the Chargers don't come along very often, right? I know Michigan fans want him to go back. Chargers fans do. want him to make the leap. Yeah. But what it comes down to is how Jim Harbaugh feels. And as the ultimate competitor, as someone who's tried and failed at the NFL level to you know a large degree, at least as far as not being able to stick around, not getting to that you know Super Bowl, which is bigger than a college national championship by any oh, metric, yeah. right? Especially to someone like him who played for the Chargers in the NFL. Is his ego going to let him come back? Because the thing is, is he's not going to know what the job openings are next year. But what I can tell you is, next year, Justin Herbert's not going to be available, right? And, and that's one of the things that it's like, hey, the timing works out where he has an opportunity to go right now. He you yeah. know, thought about the Broncos last year. Sure, he's thanking God that he didn't attach himself to Russell Wilson, who's not getting benched <laughs> the last two weeks of the season, right? What a, what a disaster that is. 100%. My goodness. But the thing is, in like there's been so many people right that have put yeah. their name on jim harbaugh and the chargers interest in him i mean colin coward over the weekend was talking about how john spanos had basically said that he would be willing to give up the power to someone like jim harbaugh to bring in a big fish like that and that jim harbaugh's camp is you know very interested he also hired don Yee, who works with the chargers as well there's a lot of things that are bringing them together it's does he make the leap no matter what? I'm going to buy it. I think he would. And I think, David, you saw in the national championship game or the college playoffs, he kind of did all the anti-chargering things in the game against Alabama, right? He had pretty much the most physical team. Like, he out physical yeah. them at the end of the game. He had a fourth-quarter comeback where they were down by a touchdown, went for it in the right moment, had the stones to go for it deep in his own territory, even though he had all three timeouts, didn't chicken out there, right? Got down to the goal line and scored a touchdown. Play, played for the win and went and got, went and got it. I mean, that's yeah, played exactly for the win all up until you know not going for two. I guess he could have gone for two there, but yeah, I mean, he they manhandled Alabama in in overtime and won with a very physical kind of style of play, right on the goal yeah. line, quarterback run. They out physical Alabama and mauled them up front, and that's the reason they got it done. But that is his identity, right? That's something you're hoping he brings to the Chargers, but definitely. We know, though, it's not 100% that he goes to the NFL. Of for course. us, like, I think he's going to do it. I think this is the timing that's made the most sense for him, and he's already showed so much interest in going back. How much of that is trying to get a bigger contract out of Michigan? Who knows? But I do think he wants to go back to the NFL, but he might not. And if he doesn't, one of the names that's been linked to the Chargers is Dan Quinn, someone who has experience, right? So he checks that box off. But the buy or sell is this. If Jim Harbaugh doesn't come to the NFL, Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, is a quality option. Yeah, I mean, I'm buying that he's a quality option. I'm still of the mind of wanting Jim Harbaugh or an offensive-minded head coach, but he, his, you know, his resume, especially this year, is definitely one that you have to respect. I mean, the, the Cowboys defense, fifth in opponents' points per game, 19.1 points per game allowed, which is fantastic. Number five in opposing passing yards per game allowed. And he's had a couple of cornerbacks that have, you know, basically led the NFL in interceptions in back-to-back -back years. So, I mean, he's had some playmakers. He's had some guys that have really performed extremely well for him. And there, then there's this. I mean, I think, obviously, when the Chargers brought Brandon Staley in, they wanted to give the Chargers a dominant defense. That just never materialized. And the reason is, is, you know, when Justin Herbert and the Chargers defense holds the opponents to 21 points or less, his record is 16 and three. So if you just give Justin Herbert a competent defense that can do their job and keep the Chargers in football games, then 
you know, you're going to inevitably win more football games with Justin Herbert at the helm. So that's something you ha- kind of have to, to weigh and measure. I still want an offensive guy, but Dan Quinn and his experience, especially with what he's done with the Cowboys, is a guy you definitely have to entertain. So Jersey Anderson reported that he is one of the guys that's in the Chargers preliminary search for a head coach. He also said they're going to be searching for the GM and head coach simultaneously. He brings experience. That's the first thing, right? Six years of NFL experience, went 43 and 42, so technically a winning record. Most importantly, he made it to a Super Bowl, right? I think the thing with Dallas is it's not just this year. That During his three seasons as the Dallas defensive coordinator, they've been one of the top defenses in the league. I think more importantly than that, have been able to adjust to the players they've had and really fill in for guys like Trayvon Diggs, who got injured early in this year. Both their linebackers that were injured early this year and kept a competitive roster, competitive defense, held two of the best offenses the last couple of weeks under 22 points, right? So, like, there's a lot of things on his record. I think the thing that would make me most happy about it is he has shown an ability to put together an offensive staff because I think that's the most important thing, right? Had Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel and Matt LaFleur all in his offensive coaching staff when Crazy. he was in Atlanta, right? <laughs> also led Seattle in his, you know, Legion of Doom days or Legion of Boom to back-to-back number one defenses in 2013, 2014. So he's done that. Yeah. This is the drawback, right? They weren't as good after Shanahan left, even though the passing numbers with Matt Ryan were still there. This is the problem. As a head coach, his defense wasn't good. Right, which is one of the biggest things that we actually got mad at Brandon Staley for. Yeah. In his six seasons as head coach, Dan Quinn had a top 10 defense in points per game one time, and they were ninth, mm. right? Four out of the six, he was 19th or worse. That's what scares me the most, and also blew a 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl. So I think there yeah. are less quality candidates out there. I think he would be a quality option to interview, but I'm not totally sold on it. But what I am totally sold on, is Rashawn Slater. Even with some struggles this year through injury, I think it's time to extend Rashawn Slater. But the bigger thing hanging over the Chargers is will Corey Lindsley play again for this team? We're going to talk about that coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You can go in, find the biggest favorite of the weekend, and if that team wins on the money line, you get $150 in the bonus bets from FanDuel. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. And they also have a ton of great promotions always going on. The Chargers this week, you haven't heard me say this in a while, currently go into this game as two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Chiefs, according to FanDuel on Sunday. This tells you they fully expect the Chiefs to rest their starters in this last game, trying to ruin the tank, which we'll talk about with nothing to gain in week 18. And the total for the game is 35 and a half points. So they're expecting a low scoring game between Easton Stick and Blaine Gabbard. So if you want to get in on that action, which should be an ugly game, visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, David, well, I want to talk about this Chargers offensive line because this is something that has been grossly, you know, overrated, I think, going into the season. Partially grossly, by us. Sure, uh, no, (laughs) especially by us, especially by us. No, big part of that. But underachieving, that's the word I was looking for, right? Like, we definitely overrated them, but they've also just underachieved. Hoping for, you know, someone like Jamar Sawyer to come in and and play really well at guard, which hasn't totally happened. You hope Zion Johnson playing back on his natural side would play a lot better. That really hasn't happened. 
But the one thing I think you feel good about in this offensive line is Rashawn Slater. And he is about to finish his third season. And as a first round pick, that means this is the first offseason that they can extend him. Missed most of 2022, right, with that torn bicep. But this is what the buyer sell is, David. The Chargers should extend Rashawn Slater this offseason. Yes, it's a buy for me. So you're I think sold on it. I'm sold. That's what it comes down to, right? hundred percent sold on Rashawn Slater, and it's all in the numbers. I mean, you just look at it. in In 2021, he gave up four sacks, 26 pressures, and 752 pass blocking snaps. As an this year, yeah. yeah, this year in 2023, three sacks, 36 pressures, and 702 pass blocking snaps. Sorry, it was 752 pass blocking snaps. So either way, it's seven sacks combined in two full seasons for Rashawn Slater. This guy is an animal. When he's on the football field and he's healthy, he is one of the best left tackles in the National Football League. And what do you need when you have a premier quarterback? You need a left tackle that can protect his blind side. The Chargers have searched so many years to find the right guy to be that stalwart, to be that guy, that anchor on the left side of the offensive line. They have found it in Rashawn Slater. Don't make this more difficult than it needs to be. Go ahead and sign them up to that long-term extension. Get it done. Get it out of the way. This is the only guy on the Chargers offensive line that I am sold on at this very moment. I think the thing is, is, is I'm sure there's some people out there that want to say, okay, well, you have him under contract through, you know, 2025 if you want him to with the fifth-year option, right. right? You could wait through 2024 and, and see and, and make sure, right? You are going to sure. have to decide on that fifth-year option anyways, right? But to me, it's I'm sold on it, and the price is only going to go up. I, I think this is probably the least that Rashawn Slater is going to cost in the next couple of years. And I think the hard thing is you're trying to balance, okay, well, there's a lot of guys we thought were good, right? Like Derwin James and Joey Bosa and guys like that that were given big contracts to that have put the Chargers in the current cap situation that they're in, right? And those haven't worked out so far. With Rashawn Slater, though, I've seen technically just enough to where I have a really hard time believing that he's going to be anything less than an above-average tackle for the rest of his career. Yeah. I think even through the injuries, which also give him credit for playing in every single game this year, yeah. he still showed that 80% of him is better than what the Chargers have had for the last 10-plus years. A lot right? better. So, like, I think you do it now. I think this is the best price you're going to get. Maybe you don't even have to make him the highest-paid tackle at his position, right, or something like that right now, given that he's only played two full seasons. Get it now, because if you don't, I think the price is only going to go up. But even with Rashawn Slater, the Chargers offensive line has been really, really bad in 2023. And I think a big part of that is obviously missing Corey Lindsley, who we know is an all-pro center. And I think there's so many things to look at regarding Corey Lindsley and what his future is. And ultimately, we're going to find that out from him, whether he decides to retire after this offseason or if he'll be back with the team, because both of those are still an option, right? Will the Chargers want to bring him back with his cap hit? So that's why the buy or sell is this. Corey Lindsley will be back in 2024. Yeah, this is a a really, really tough one just because there's so much information out there that we don't know. The only thing we know is that, you know, he was placed on on IR with a non-emergent heart condition. We have no idea what that is or what that means for the longevity of his career. What we do know is that he's 32 years old. So for an offensive lineman, that's not that old. I mean, that's still, you know, an age that you can work with, especially, you know, at at the center position. So uh, I'm going to say I'm going to buy it. I'm going to say that he's going to be back with the Chargers. 
and he definitely and it should the Chargers want him back definitely they should want him back I mean since uh, Coy Lindsley has joined the, the Chargers he's allowed zero sacks zero okay in 21 pressures in 33 games Corey Lindsley is a monster of a center when he is healthy yeah. he is clearly one of the best centers in the National Football League he is a force multiplier he makes everybody around him better he makes both the guards on each side of him better his intimate knowledge of what the defense is doing and his ability to help with protections is something that's really invaluable so the Chargers should definitely want him back. Hopefully they get something in place to where they can get that heart condition kind of controlled to where he can actually get back on the football field and he can help the Chargers offensive line because they definitely need it. In early December, Brandon Steele, we said that he didn't think Corey Lindsay would play this year, right? And, and that told me, reading between the lines, that it's like, okay, this isn't something he's really even considering as far as him coming back, which means even if he was visiting specialists and things like that this season, they never expected him to come back on the roster this year. I'm going to sell it even though it hurts me. Like, I think yeah. that if it's just the money, I would absolutely bring him back. The problem is, though, is that then you're rolling into another season knowing that you're one Corey Lindsley, you know, hiccup away from – being back to where you were this season, right? Yeah. Which was a very underachieving offensive line. Corey Lindsay is one of my favorite players on the Chargers. Like Same. truly, if I, I really, really hope he can come back. He has a cap hits of 14.1 and 17.1 over the next couple of seasons, which is top of the league money at center. I, I don't see it happening, man. Like I, I really hope for him that he just can get healthy and live a normal life. At, yeah, it's probably the, the fan in me. Things. Yeah, I mean, man, I, I really hope he can, but just based on the fact that they didn't really even try to push it at all this year to try to get him back on the field or it wasn't something they felt like they could manage this year in season. Yeah, they just really, shifted really him to puts... a coach, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, if they want to make him a coach part of the front office and evaluating talent, go for it. Yeah, my I'm, guess, I'm with right? you on that. But yeah. I, I think as far as next season, just, you know, thinking he will come back, I, I, it just seems really, really far-fetched. Obviously not knowing anything about it, right? But... The way that it's been talked about and the way it's been protected by the media and by people inside the organization and not letting exactly what's happening get out makes me think it's something that's serious enough to potentially end his football career, even though I really desperately hope it you're, you're probably You're probably right, unfortunately. That's just what it seems like to me, but it is yeah. all speculation at this point. Absolutely. One bright side, though, was Jordan McFadden, the rookie guard that played in place of Zion Johnson last week, and I thought played really, really well. We wanted to see what the numbers were before we talked about him. We were going to talk about him yesterday. But, David, now the numbers are out. He played awesome in the game last week against the Broncos, which is awesome to see. And the buy or sell is this. Jordan McFadden could be competing for a starting guard spot in 2024. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. And, and I know we haven't only seen him very limited. Uh, you know, he's been used on the Hulk packages, which has been great. You know, he's <laughs> pancaked a couple of guys a couple of guys in that situation. He also, in his first start, got a, a, a couple of pancakes in this game as well. You really just saw the physicality came out. He did not allow any sacks, did not allow any pressures, and he was the fourth highest graded player from the last game for the Chargers. So Jordan McFadden is a guy that... Offensively or for the whole team? Offensively. Offensively, yeah. yeah. They had some really high grades on the, on the defense, but uh, offensively, he was the fourth highest graded uh, offensive player from the past game. And, you know... Honestly, it passed the eye test when you when you saw it, you know, you, you, you I think you, you had a good idea that he had a quality game and the numbers definitely backed that up. Yeah, I literally was tweeting out 
that I was excited for Jordan McFadden to get the opportunity as he was pancaking someone on the yeah. first play of the game, right? Yeah. So zero pressures on 43 pass balling snaps is really nice. So very small sample size, but at least a good sample, good one game sample size yeah. where, you know, the whole game. And the thing is, a lot of this is going to come down to Zion Johnson's availability for week 18 as far as if you're going to see him again. I hope we do. I hope they don't rush Zion Johnson back. I think you have a great reason to not rush Zion Johnson back. And you say, hey, take another week off. Let's see what Jordan McFadden can do, because that's really what this should be about anyways. But I think it was a hugely, hugely encouraging sign. And Zion Johnson, you know, 33 pressures allowed this year, but only two in the last three games before he got injured, right? So he had been a lot better in pass protection. Only three pressures allowed in his last four games. So I think he was getting better. We were seeing a positive turn, and then he gets hurt, unfortunately. But what that has let us see is, hey, maybe you have something in Jordan McFadden. Maybe there are some redeemable qualities of this last draft class that you could potentially get something with. At the very least, I think it's good competition, and it looks like he definitely could be a good depth piece going forward. But we have more to get into, including the Kansas City Chiefs doing what AFC West rivals probably should do, but I hate them for it, potentially trying to ruin the Chargers tank and give them a good draft pick. So are the Chargers trying to ruin the tank? Should Austin Eckler even get a single carry in Week 18? We're going to talk about that coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about Price Picks because Price Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. With Price Picks, all you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entries. The more entries you hit on, the more you win. And if you hit on all six of your entries, you can win up to 25 times your money, plus the great promotions they have going on every single week. Like Taco Tuesday, each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And the great thing about Price Picks also, they offer a reboot policy for injured players. The reboot policy for your entries means that if your player gets injured in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use the code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash NFL. Promo code NFL for that deposit match up to $100. You put $100 in, they match it for you. Price Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Let's continue this buy or sell here, David, because we have a couple more really, really good ones to get into. And also make sure you guys are back here tomorrow because we are having Chargers great Quentin Jammer on the show. Not only one of the best Chargers corners of my fandom, but also maybe the best NFL cornerback name of all time. Oh, yeah. But I do want to tell you guys also, though, that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 with the local experts that only Locked On can provide. So make sure you guys go subscribe to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 sports streaming channel. David, yeah, I know. I mean, Quentin Jammer, what a name. I'm going to ask him about it tomorrow. Even if I embarrass David, I'm going to ask him about (laughs) it. But excited to have him on. He's definitely had some thoughts on the NFL and the Chargers recently, so wanted to get him on to explain some of that stuff and talk about this current huge time in Chargers franchise history, right? And also get someone that's part of the glory days, right? That's part of what kind of forged me and David's fandom as well during those you no know doubt. early 2000s to late 2000s teams that were so, so good when the Chargers were consistently good year in and year yeah, out. Yeah, it was a big part of it, yeah. But let's talk about the Chiefs, David. And the buy or sell for the Chiefs is this. The Chiefs are going to mess up the tank by resting their starters in week 18. Yeah, as much as I, I hate to to have to do this, I, I am going to buy it. Uh, and and I, there's there's really no reason for the Chiefs to play any of their starters. They have the number three seed locked up. 
um, which means that there's nothing that's going to change that. So uh, it Maybe would they can hire that- Brandon Staley as some sort of analyst slash advisor, <laughs> and he'll advise them to play their meaningful starters in a Week 18 game. That Absolutely, yeah. Play Travis Kelsey the whole game and make sure that Patrick Mahomes is out there. Play Isaiah Pacheco the whole game. All of those guys need to play all four quarters according to to your new consultant, Brandon Staley. But yeah. here in the real world, uh, where Andy Reid is the head coach, that is not going to happen. The, the, the Chiefs are not going to play any of their starters. I don't expect it for more than a handful of snaps, maybe a couple series, but that's probably going to be it. I think this game is going to be more reminiscent of a preseason game than an actual NFL regular season game, unfortunately. And uh, I do feel like this might end up with the Chargers getting a worse draft pick in their you know perspective than a better one so what's up for grabs this weekend is basically the chargers could get up to fourth as far as the overall draft pick and they could drop as low as eighth which potentially takes you out of the running for the you know brock bowers malik neighbors type of weapons at the top of the draft and also just loses you some leverage for any potential qb needy team that could be trying to give you that king's ransom to trade up to go get it at Jaden daniels or whoever that is right yeah Man, yeah, the Chargers could definitely win this weekend because the difference is, David, is the Chiefs are, I mean, I don't know if you can ever sit all of your starters. Like, some of their starters are probably going to have to play. There's only so many bodies on an NFL roster, right? But, like, they're going to be starting all of their most, sitting most of their important players, right? Whereas the Chargers are basically only missing one super important player, and that's Justin Herbert. Obviously, they have other guys that are injured, and some guys are going to be missing this game, but the Chargers aren't going out of their ways to sit guys like Khalil Mack, who's going to be in this game. No. They're not sitting Rashawn Slater, who's going to be playing in this game. So, like, it is kind of like a team with a backup quarterback playing against, I wouldn't say a preseason team, because preseason, especially, you know, those late games are guys that aren't going to be on a roster anyways. Sure. And most years, the Kansas City Chiefs offense is good enough and loaded enough with enough talent to where I think even with a backup, they could go beat Easton Stick. This year, I'm not as sure. And that's yeah. really, really tough, right? Because I like the guys that are playing for them, I, I don't know, man. They're probably going to mess it up. Blaine Gabbard is someone who has appeared in 68 career games, but showed up in a game this year against the Bears, threw the ball five times and threw two interceptions. So uh, they, they, they might ruin things for the Chargers. Obviously, we're on board with the tank. Is it going to happen? I don't know. We'll get to our game predictions, our final predictions on the Friday show. But, man, they might mess this thing up. And as FanDuel told you, their Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites, which is the first time since Justin Herbert's been hurt that they've been a favorite in a game. So they don't think it's going to be uh, a, a Chargers loss like we would like it to be. But let's get into this buy or sell year because there is only one more game left, Dave. We talked about the downfall of Austin Eckler yesterday. So let's do buy or sell with this. Austin Eckler should not get a single carry in the Chargers' last game coming up. Yeah, I'm buying it. Uh, there's no reason for him, to, honestly, to get another carry for the Chargers. There, It's very obvious and clear that Austin Eckler is not a part of the Chargers' future plans. And, and yep. of, of course, there's going to be a new head coach coming in, a new general manager coming in. But even they can see that a running back that's going into you know his age 29 season, coming yep. up with his next contract that wants an increase in his salary from his 6.25 <laughs> million that he is getting every yeah, single year, uh, is not going to happen. At this uh, point, he's that, trying to get a contract, get right. a third contract, in the NFL any any contract from yeah. any team after the season that he had, where he had you know, 12 less touchdowns than he scored the previous year. It's just not the same type of weapon dealt with injuries. Didn't, you know, played less games. I I think this one is definitely for me, 
I want to see Isaiah Spiller get every single carry the entire That's game yeah. because he's the only running back that is under contract next season. Yeah, and, and Isaiah Spiller, I think, had one carry for negative one yards last week. Ridiculous. So didn't get to see anything from him. Football politics are going to get in the way of this, and it's not going to happen. Um, I think all you can hope is that, you know, Austin Eckler gets a handful of carries and basically everything else goes to Isaiah Spiller. Uh, and the thing is, is like the Chargers should be doing this. The Chargers should be playing all their young guys. The Chiefs aren't playing their guys because of the importance of their players going into the playoffs and how important it is to keep those guys healthy. The Chargers are only playing starters for pride at this point, right? right. They're basically trying to win games and trying to hurt their draft position because that's what you have to do. It is football politics. You don't want, you know prospective players saying okay well this team's gonna bench me if the season's over and really limit my chance to go get that right. next contract all those things can be true right but for Austin Eckler specifically he fumbled last week he hasn't been good give the carries to Isaiah Spiller even if Isaiah Spiller is not good right because we just need to see it but yeah. let's get to this last buy or sell here really quickly David because after that 54 yard touchdown the Chargers gave up with everyone missing tackles and I can't wait to talk with Quentin Jammer about tackles corners being able to tackle because he was a very good tackler back in his day but this is what the buyer sell is the chargers need to use a premium draft pick in 2024 on a cornerback quickly yes i mean i'm buying it 100 the best defenses in the nfl have a corner that can lock down opposing uh you know offensive number one wide receivers that's why the chargers gave jc jackson 82 and a half million dollars that didn't work out but <laughs> that's why you need to draft one early so you can get one on a rookie contract J.C. Jackson was so bad that Tom Telesco had to call the team together and apologize to them personally. Like, that yep. is... And this is the ramifications of the J.C. Jackson debacle, right? The only corner that has really starting experience for you that you feel okay about is Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah. Jasir Taylor got benched halfway through the season this year. Dean Leonard, I thought, looked promising in a few starts, but then got hurt before we could really make any kind of evaluations on it. Michael Davis is going to be gone in 2024, plus he's been a disaster in 2023. Yeah. And, but the crazy thing is, David, it also feels like you need to spend a high pick on a wide receiver, on a tight end, on a corner, on a defensive tackle, yeah, so many on a safety. Like, it's it just there's so many positions that feel like they need to be a priority, but corner has to be. It's one of the NFL's most valuable positions, and the Chargers have one dude who is like a starting level corner going into 2024 and no money to go sign one off the street. So they're going to have to get creative with it. But yes, corner is one of the top priorities. In the 2024 NFL draft, feels like the Chargers have to come away with at least one corner in this upcoming draft. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow when we interview Quentin Jammer, one of our favorite corners in Chargers history, one of the guys that has been here when the Chargers were actually good. So it's going to be great to talk about him going into this next era of what he thinks the Chargers need to do so they can get back to that, you know, winning the AFC West four seasons in a row, which seems like it was 28 years ago when it wasn't. But <laughs> can't wait for that. To make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show every day on our social media. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On LAC, on Instagram at Locked On Chargers, and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. So make sure you guys are back here tomorrow. We are inter interviewing Chargers cornerback, Quentin Jammer, excited to get into that. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.